Greetings and salutations, everyone. No, you're not listening to NPR radio. You are still, in fact, listening to Lunchtime Rants this week. And if you don't believe me, say hi, Lourdes. Hola, and welcome to the fourth week of Lunchtime Rants, hosted by Carmen and Lourdes. All right, everyone. I have reluctantly agreed to this topic, but I shall, I shall give in to my partner in crime, Miss Lourdes because she wants to talk about all things Miami this week. Doubtfully, we have anyone that listens from outside Miami anyway at this point. So you can all relate to what we'll talk about. There's gonna be a lot of booty dancing conversations and perfect yes. weather again, as we addressed last week while we talked about my wedding playlist, which by the way, quick update for all of you, don't wanna bore you with the details. Um, Uncle Luke and Uncle Al, pretty much all the uncles, <laughs> provided the uh, entertainment at my wedding. I was, uh, I was complimented several times by my guests at how awesome the music was, because I went purdy all the way, for all of you that know. So it was a mix of 90s, 80s, and just straight, low-down booty, which, in a wedding dress, it's not as easy as it sounds, <laughs> but it happened. That's great to hear, but what I really want to know, following up from last week's conversation, is did you, in fact, scrub the ground and get on your knees, even though you promised your now husband that you wouldn't? I kept my promise. No. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I did not get on the floor and do the crybaby, which is my, my move at weddings specifically. Um, I did, however, bend over to the front and touch my toes. Okay, you were skeptical if you were going to do that or I not, did. so I'm very happy to hear that you actually did proceed in making at least ludicrous proud. Yeah, I'm, I am proud to say that I gyrated to the point where I had to catch myself because I thought my breasts were going to fall out of my dress. <laughs> Perfect. And I think that is the actual best segue into the first thing I want to talk about, which is the fact that Uncle Luke and Two Life Crew are reuniting for a 2015 world tour. That's right, world. Mind you, they reunited recently at Live because of course, and it was supposed to be a one night only type of deal, but now they're like, no bitches, we're gonna do a world tour. They're gonna take Me So Horny to the place of its inception in Vietnam. I am so happy. Wait a minute, you don't know this. Well, I don't know if you went, uh, I think it was two years ago, to brew at the zoo, and Uncle Luke was actually there, and I went to this, and a friend of mine ended up on stage with them, and it was, it was pretty freaking epic. So, zoo, zoo my, uh, brew at the zoo was apparently just a stepping stone for this world tour. Wait a minute, but was it just Uncle Luke, or was it two live crew? If I'm not mistaken, it was Uncle Luke and Two Live Crew. Yes, it was definitely Uncle Luke and Two Live Crew. So they're, they're being pretty ambitious, I feel, from reviving them, uh, their careers at, uh, at Zoo Miami and <laughs> now deciding that they could take this to the world. And, I'm, and Lourdes, I'm sure you can, you can uh, relate, but I always thought that that was like, just a Mi like I thought booty music was a Miami phenomenon that didn't actually hit the rest of the world. Like I thought we were in a booty bubble yeah, I felt like it hit the world like this year. I remember when the whole thing with Miley Cyrus happened that she was, oh my God, Miley Cyrus is twerking. I'm like, I've been dancing like that since the fifth grade. There is yeah, nothing wrong right. with that. 
That is exactly the time that I started doing what they now call twerking. I remember hearing the term twerking, and when I looked it up, I was like, they're fucking booty dancing. I've been having booty competitions in my living room, always lost because my brothers were the judges, so it's not fair. I just want to put that out there. I certainly would have won if my brothers were not like 50% of the judges from the neighborhood. But the point is, what y'all call twerking in mainstream is fucking Miami booty dancing, and if I do say so myself, we do it better. Oh, definitely. In fact, they interviewed Pitbull for Rolling Stone magazine, and they questioned him on 2014 being the year of the booty, and he said something to the effect of, well, I'm from Miami, so every year is the year of the booty. Yeah. And I was so proud to be from this city when he said that, because it's something that we've known and appreciated for years. Uh, but before we get off the Uncle Luke and Two Life Crew topic, I know that this is something that we chatted about earlier, and it was Uncle Luke's run for mayor and how disappointed we were that he didn't actually win. And I thought he had a chance. I mean, if Arnold Schwarzenegger can win, you know, the governor, yeah, if he can become the governor of California, I thought at least, at least the fake musical mayor of Miami could become the real mayor of Miami. I want to live in a world where the guy that sings ain't nothing but a hoochie mama could be rat, hood rat, hoochie mama. Could be, could be the mayor of this town. And one thing is for sure, Miami probably was would have seceded from the rest of Florida, and weed would have been legalized. Oh, for sure. And I have absolutely no qualms in stating that I totally voted for Uncle Luke <laughs> as mayor. Mind you, I don't know anyone else that was running in any other, uh, cat not category position. I guess. It, that, I mean, wow, I just gave away how much I pay attention to local politics. It was probably Marco Rubio. Again, that oh. probably shows you how much I pay attention to local politics. Uh, uh, but let's just say that Uncle Luke is the best. Hopefully he decides to run again. Fingers crossed. I mean, maybe after this world tour, he'll feel inspired. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how the ticket sales are going to go for this, because, again, I, I really lived in this bubble. Oh, my God. Okay, so Lourdes just, like, made me happy inside, because she's on a, on a BuzzFeed article uh, that she actually wrote, by the way. Um, it's a Miami checklist, and I just saw a sign of Westchester, and it made me so happy, because it always meant that I was almost home when I passed the Westchester sign. It's like, oh, you are now entering Westchester, and there's Tropical Park, and oh, there's my street. Right. How exactly, beautiful. Exactly. I was like, oh, we're almost at Escuela, because there's a Westchester. Uh, yeah, it's an article I, I wrote a hot minute ago that I just thought would be apt for this podcast. But it's basically the checklist of very Miami things that you know you're officially a Miamian when you experience them or when you think them or when you feel them. So, I mean, we will probably touch upon them throughout the podcast. I, I guess I could mention the first one now, which is a pretty common thing I feel in other places, mm -hmm. but it is the intense road rage that going to jail wouldn't even phase you because the satisfaction of bashing someone's head in would here's, be worth it. Here's how ridiculous people are. So every day 
after work specifically, because during this time, the sun's gone down when I leave work, I pretty much fight for my life every afternoon. Like, I have a near-death experience every time I get on 95 to cross over to the 112. Like, I get on the ramp, and I have to go to the far left, and no one wants to let me in. And so, it's so bad. Like, you know, I put my indicator on like a responsible human being. No, that was your first mistake. Yeah, well, that's true. You're absolutely right. To the point, this has happened to me so many times where people let me in, that I had my husband check my indicators. I, sh- I parked in front of the house. I'm like, get in the back of the car and check my fucking indicators because I think they're out. Because <laughs> they're not working. They're working. They're in perfect fucking condition. So now, like the chusma that I can be, now when I want something, I just, tr- I just start sticking myself and honking. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, you don't want to let me in? Ha honk. I have bigger balls than you. This is happening. When people see, oh, shit, like she is not scared to potentially collide with my vehicle, you'll see they let up. That's when they respect you. I also like the fact that you call them indicators and not blinkers. They're indicators. No, I know. I'm saying I love that fact that you're not taking the super Miami route and calling them blinkers, my blinkers. I like it. It's rare that I take the super Miami route. I take the super Miami route when it comes to the subject of like Pitbull and booty dancing, uh, Westchester. I'm very proud of that area. Um, um, no, well... There's a few other things in this list that I think you'll also be very proud of, though, because I just took a gander, but is it just me or are sports grill wings the only wings? Like, do you eat wings from anywhere else? Like, Wingstop or? No, I mean, I'm not super picky with wings, to be honest with you. Like, I'm a, but I am a, like, I'm a Flannies girl, though. That's the thing, which I see. Five or more of the Flanagan's cups. I do. I I legit have a stack to the point where we're like, do we need so many Flanagan's cups? And then he just, Jay gives me a look and he's like, blasphemy. Of course we need all these fucking Flanagan's cups. They're brittle, so they break. You need, you need backup. It's true. So. You know, I don't think I've ever had the wings at Flanagan's I, because, again, Sports Girl wings are the only wings for me. They're good. The one on the one on Sunset. I started going to the one on Bird. Also, they have Dale wings, I guess named after someone named Dale. I don't fucking know, but I call them Dale wings. I think they are Dale wings. No, they make an emphasis that on the menu. They phonetically spell it out. It is Dale wings. And I have no fucks left to give. I call them Dale Wings. We live in Miami. This is the home of Pitbull, something that excites you greatly. Yeah. I'm surprised he's not your man meat of the week. Oh, no, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, my man meat of the week is actually not a Miami native. However, he did marry a Miami girl that he met at a club. A restaurant. A restaurant. restaurant, And she was the bartender. Or waitress. An employee of the restaurant. She was an employee of a restaurant basically in Miami, and she had, like, the Cinderella story come true. Mr. Matt Damon is my Man Meat of the Week. No, he is not coming out with a film this week, not to my knowledge. But just yesterday, I know it's old news, I watched a video of him doing what my friend who posted the video called Giving Zero Fucks, where Matt Damon is there, um, I think he's trying to, you know, rally for higher wages for teachers, that, you know, he says something like, why would teachers, you know, take a shitty salary and, and deal with children that are pains in the asses if they didn't actually love it? Some camera guy's like, oh, well, 10% of teachers are so, are bad, he's like, 10% of anything is bad, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. He calls the cameraman. Like, he's like, oh, maybe you're a shitty cameraman. 
I'm telling the story terribly. The point is, Matt Damon has gotten to the, fame, the point of fame where he could give a flying fuck what he says. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he's not looking for his publicist to apologize to anybody. He's like, oh, this is how I feel. You're going to hear me because I wrote Good Will Hunting, goddammit. And everyone loves him for it when he speaks his mind, it's which true. I appreciate. I also do like the fact that Matt Damon has given me hope that I should go work in a restaurant and maybe meet someone of his caliber. But to be fair, he was also filming that movie with Greg Kinnear, Stuck on You. So who the hell knew he was going to be the Matt Damon we know and love today? I know we're, you know, I'm only allowed one man meat of the week, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Take, no, no, no. Take two. Well, I mean, it's not a man meat of the week, but just, just to your point, like, Matt Damon meeting a local girl and falling in love and getting married, this was my fantasy at, I think, 19 when they were filming Miami Vice with Colin Farrell and J.B. Fox here. Which one did you want? Well, Colin Farrell. Well, good, because I would have wanted Jamie Foxx. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So I had a really big Colin Farrell stage, like really, really, really bad. Like I made a t-shirt in high school with Colin Farrell on it. I was obsessed. What? What? Oh, okay. No. Minority oh, Report? Yeah, no. I'm looking for an explanation. Seriously? What part of Colin Farrell? No, this is not accusatory at all. This is not like when I looked at you with bug eyes when you tried to defend James Franco. I am actually asking you, what about Colin Farrell made you fall in love? Okay, there are a couple of reasons. First of all, he's Irish, and I'm all about that accent. Like, I'm there like a bear. There's something about a man that can get drunk and hit me that I just appreciate a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. No, not the hitting part, but the, the drunk Irish accent is freaking amazing. His English, like American accent is fantastic. He's done a shit ton of movies that are exceptional. He did a movie called Tigerland, where he's in the army. Um, oh my god, not, it's not Minority Report, even though he was in Minority Report. There's the one where he's not SWAT, not phone booth. Ah, ah, whatever. There's a movie of his that I love, love, love. There was like, it was like 2004, 2005 was like the year of Colin Farrell. Like there was like four movies in theaters with him in it. Was that the year that he was like creepily draped over Britney Spears on that red carpet? Because that's what yes, I know. Yes, and there is nothing creepy about Colin Farrell draped on you, just saying. The point is, Colin Farrell was here filming Miami Vice and uh, friends of my, friends of ours actually that you know as well, um, used to go to Tobacco Road and he used to be there all the time. And they would take pictures, they're like, oh, come out, come out, Colin Farrell's at Tobacco Road, but I was only 19, so there's no way I was gonna get in. But my fantasy, I'm so, I shed a tear because now that I'm officially married, like legally, like through, you know, government documents that have been filed, I'm so sad about this, I will never, probably never achieve my dream of meeting a celebrity at like some shysty area, having a one night tryst, getting impregnated and then you know, surfacing with a scandal to be supported for the rest of my life. That was my goal with Colin Farrell. Do you not have what every person in a relationship must have, which is a oh, top yeah. five? Yes, a top five, which you need to put Colin Farrell on, obviously. Well, as you look for the movie, I'm... The Recruits! There we have it. I'm going through his IMDb, and I've seen, like, 90% of these movies. And I've seen, like, 10. But I've seen a lot more movies of my Man Meat of the Week. It's real obscure. 
I probably haven't seen a, an image of this person since 1997, but my man meet of the week, in order to keep with the theme, is the guy that played Luis Mendoza in D2 and D3 Mighty Ducks. His name is Mike Vitar, Cuban descent, born in Los Angeles, and he is now a member of the Los Angeles Fire Department. And wow, Carmen just pulled up a picture. He is... He's cute. He's a cutie patoots, Aww. for sure. Oh my gosh, he was also in the Sandlot. Oh, he could kill me, Smalls. Okay, I'm mm. sorry. There are some pictures of this guy in the 90s. It's not his fault, it was really the haircut, but he looks like he could have been in a boy band. Like, he's got okay, like the, the- I also loved boy bands in the 90s. There is nothing wrong with this person. Okay, I'm sorry, like early 90s, like Newkins on the Block, high top, Fresh Prince Bel Air hair. Carmen, he couldn't stop. He couldn't stop. What? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Wait, I think he wasn't, he wasn't NYPD Blue as a teenager. <laughs> no, 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 New York <laughs> Undercover. Do you remember this guy? You're going to kill me. Do you remember this guy? Oh, I mean, this is not helpful to anyone listening. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm trying to find a thing. Uh, I think it's Michael DeLorenzo. That's also not helpful. He's such a no-name. Sorry, Excuse Michael DeLorenzo. NYPD Blue, if anyone used to... Undercover. Oh, no, it's not. You're right. It's New York Undercover. If anyone used to watch New York Undercover, you would remember this guy. I think, I think he's Puerto Rican. Well, he looks like that guy. Well, in any case, so that was a lot of dead silence. Yeah, we were just like, fuck it. We're going to get on the computer and totally ignore this recording. Um, so I guess back to the list more or less, just to talk about some more Miami things that I think Carmen would appreciate. Let's talk about the fact that on any given street corner, you can buy churros and mamoncillos and limes, tomatoes. You can make an entire meal at home driving in six o'clock traffic. How can you not appreciate that? My, my favorite is this past weekend, I, um, we had a rehearsal dinner at my in-laws. And of course, I had my family over. And apparently, my mother-in-law has um, star fruit. I, I, I think it's called carambola. I don't know. Whatever. She called it like the real name. We call it fucking star fruit because when you cut it, it's shaped like a star. So she had, she had a bunch of these in her yard. So she just cut them up and put them on the table thinking, whatever, let's see if people eat them. My family went to town on that exotic, on the exotic tropical fruit that is what we call star. She's like, oh, caramel. I was like, star fruit? Because it's shaped like a star. So this is what we call it. So yeah, we, we, we surprised the Americans. It was kind of really adorable. I love anything exotic. Let's be real here. Like, Hispanic sodas are my favorite kind. Oh, yeah. Like, hand me an irombed or a materva or a jupina any day of the week over a Sprite. I mean, don't even, enough with that Sprite foolishness. <laughs> really, you could probably like go to the Irombed factory here or write them a letter and get a case sent over to you. They should, they don't even have to do advertising. They're so wonderful, everyone already knows who they are. Which one's your favorite? Because I'm very loyal to, to one of them. I love, Love you, Numbed. I love, yes. love, I like, I like Cupinha a lot. I like Materva a lot. But I love me some iron beer. 
I, I can't, it's like a full-bodied, we, we're just gonna punch you in the face soda. You know, and Materva is usually the one everyone goes to, and I'm like, no, no, thank you. That's the thing about Miami. I mean, I don't know much about other cities, obviously, but that you could go to your major grocery store and find, like, this random-ass soda. I love it. I mean, it's so, I mean, it so happens that I've had talks with the people of Hupina before um, at work. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but they have distribution, like, all the way up to Canada. I mean, it, yeah. No, I mean, it's very sporadic where they have, it's, but it's random-ass places. Like, for example, Canada's one of them where they actually have, like, a small distribution network. It's It's... That it's is interesting. so wonderful that I now know that I can live in Canada <laughs> and still be able to get my favorite Miami beverage. Because, I mean, not for my friends that live in Canada. I don't even think I know anyone. But a lot of my friends that live in New York, you know what their number one complaint is? Is that they can't find good Cuban coffee. They cannot get a colada or a cortadito. And that is another thing that I find to be delightful about the town we live in. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I have never missed Cuban food. I know it's not a Cuban podcast, but in Miami, you get good Cuban food because there's a lot of Cubans. I have never missed Cuban food the way that I have in the three months I was in New York in college. I went to, there was one place that was decent. I think I got like Ropa Vieja and Maduros or something. But you ask for, at a supposed Cuban restaurant, like called Azúcar, they have like an Azúcar and then like a bunch of other shit. You ask for a Cuban coffee at the end of your meal, and every time someone would reply, you mean espresso? No. I almost punch them in their faces. To make it worse, don't ever go to Philadelphia. I know, stupid. There was this place, I don't know why I did this. I also had a Philly cheesesteak, by the way. So to be fair, I had the local fare. I was jonesing, again, same summer, for some Cuban food, and there was this really beautiful place called Alma de Cuba. I was like, damn, like pride of Cuba, let's do this. So I go inside, there's like black and white pictures of Cuba everywhere, the decor is lovely, I'm thinking this is gonna be money. No, bro, I just dropped a bro, because this is the Miami episode, and bro will be in my vocabulary till you put me in the nursing home. So <laughs> I get the menu, they have everything from like lobster to tacos, and I was like, what part of this menu is Cuban cuisine. I was, and again, I asked for a fucking Cuban coffee, and the girl asked me if I wanted espresso, and I almost died. I almost died. Yeah, Cuban coffee is an art. It should not be equated with espresso. They're completely different things. They're, one has espumita, one does not. It's just, it's a travesty that more parts of the world aren't, you know, up with the times. I don't get it. You know, sometimes I think that I should move up to New York and just make a killing by opening a Cuban restaurant. If only for the Miami transplants that are up there. Can I just say, I saw Chef, the Jon Favreau movie. I don't know why he made the decision to make a movie about a food truck that comes to, that starts in Miami. Have you seen the movie? No, we talked about it, but I, I've yet to see it. Okay, so Sofia Vergara plays a Cuban, fine, whatever, I'll let it go. Um, he starts off in LA, he loses his job as a chef, he comes to Miami, he starts a food truck with, um, and it's just Cuban sandwiches and like Cuban food. 
And he even shows in a part him making a Cuban sandwich with his son. Like he shows his son how to put the pork and the cheese and the pickles and shit. And he, he got it on point. So part of me is like, damn, John Favreau, like who told you? Who told you what to do? Because you did it right. <laughs> who told you the who secret? Who told him? Did he ever live here, maybe? I don't know, because they even, f the parts of Miami were filmed in Miami. They went to Little Havana, they went to South Beach. Like, that shit was on point. It was the ghost of Celia Cruz. She taught him. I That's don't the know. only explanation. I don't know. The only thing that bothered me is that in the entire movie, so you have John Leguizamo, who is half Puerto Rican, half like Irish or some shit. I don't, I can't half remember. Fabulous. I love John Leguizamo, but he's not Cuban. Sofia Vergara, who's Colombian, plays a Cuban. The only Cuban in the movie was the guy that, the old man that played Sofia Vergara's father, and the actor whose name I can't remember right now, who's- Oh my God, tell me it was Stephen Bauer. It was not Rocky Echevarria, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Don't okay. get me, girl! So Joe Pena, please. No, I can't remember his name, but I'll look it up. Um, he's an actor in his 30s. He was in Boardwalk Empire. He's half Cuban. Anyway, by the now that you brought up Stephen Bauer, for any of you that don't know, the movie Scarface, Stephen Bauer is uh, Manolo, Manolo, right? Uh, he also is in the show Ray Donovan, if anybody watches Ray Donovan, which is superb on Showtime, and he plays, uh, I can't remember what he plays right now, but he doesn't play a Cuban. This actor, who you now call Eddie Bauer, his name is Rocky Echevarria, who got his start, as you well know, on Que Pasa USA. Que Pasa USA, as we have spoken about in previous episodes, is still one of my favorite shows and should be one of yours again for your name. It is. It is one of my favorite shows. So if you've listened before, you probably don't even realize that this is Carmen coming to Rocky Echevarria's defense. But I have this argument at home all the time with Jay. I'm like, that's not his real fucking name. Hollywood probably pressured him to change it to fucking Eddie Bauer, which if I'm not mistaken is like a special edition of some sort of vehicle. <laughs> oh, it's a Stephen Bauer. Is the, yeah, whatever. The point is, that upsets me. And thank you, Andy Garcia, for not changing your goddamn name. Which brings me to another point that we are so like staunchly passionate about the people that come from here. Like <laughs> anytime I hear anyone say anything negative about Pitbull's music. I'm like, and call him like not a real rapper. I'm like, that is besides the point. You must support him because he has made it to like the level that he's at now. He went from Mr. 305 to Mr. Worldwide, you guys. He is representing us on a worldwide scale. He freaking endorses Dr. Pepper for God's sakes, okay? God, I love Dr. Pepper. I love Dr. Pepper so much, but the point is, I'm almost gonna cry because I love Dr. Pepper so he much. He doesn't even just like rep eat on bed. Dr. Pepper. This Dr. Is Pepper's high. Is. Dr. Pepper's high. Honestly, like his music is not something that I'm necessarily. It's it's catchy and it's fun, but my favorite part about the guy, honestly, is that everyone. First of all, if you're from Miami, you either know him or know someone that knows him, or know someone who's related to him. Whatever. I saw him that one time at Oxygen in the Grove in like 2006. Right. I mean, Lourdes, you might, I don't know if you were going to high school with me at the time. I think so. 
he actually performed at a pep rally. Yes, you remember that? I do. He had two songs on the radio on Power 96, Oye and Welcome to Miami. I will never forget. Yep, and I remember because at the time I was in theater, so we used to work crew, and I remember being in the back office running uh, running lights and laughing hysterically at the, at the ridiculousness that was being portrayed on stage. Little did I know that I was watching Mr. Worldwide as I was talking shit in the light room. <laughs> but I mean, good for him. The fact that, the, that I hear that the guy is still nice, and I'm glad, you know, he has evolved from jerseys to now wearing, you know, pastel, pastel colored suits. Although the, the pants are a bit much, but he made fun of it with Jimmy Fallon. Like they wore the, the cutoff pants. Oh my God, Jimmy Fallon's SNL Pitbull is so epic. Have you seen that? Well, let's, let's stay on track for, okay, for sorry. a minute um, <laughs> because I can attest to the fact that he is nice because in 2006, <laughs> when I was in front of La Carreta on Bird Road mm -hmm. after the Miami Heat won the NBA championship, which is another very Miami thing to do, Pitbull was there. And in 2006, he had, he had already achieved a certain level of fame, and people were following him around with their flip phones, trying to take pictures with their freaking Motorola razors. And he was so gracious, tried to get a picture with everyone, smiled, talked to everyone. And I mean, if you're from Miami and you have ever banged pots and pans on Bird Road in honor of any sort of sports win, you know that it's freaking mayhem. So for him to be crowded with all those people and still be as gracious as he was, that is what really made me like a forever fan. This is super random, but be, be, okay. First of all, I've never done the pots and pats thing. is is a confession of mine. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's like a thing, but I try to avoid like the play. Like the last time the Heat won, I tried convincing Jay to go outside and do it, and he was like, "Yeah, it's not happening." But it's not even the Heat. It's any major. Anyway, right, right, right. Like Elion gets sent back to Cuba, pots and pans. Fidel dies for the thirtieth time, pots and pans. My family never, ever, ever did that. In fact, I found out about the pots and pans. Uh, the first or second heat championship. I was already an adult. Like, I had never heard of this phenomenon before. Well, I also used to live on Bird Road, so I think I saw it. And just by osmosis, I was like, must bang pots and pans. It wasn't and far off. And you just get better at it. Because we had a few good years. Like, the Marlins won, I believe, two World Series. And then came the heat. Freaking dolphins haven't let us bang pots and pans in a hot minute. This is uh, random. I was getting to it, though, when she was talking about Pitbull. She mentioned this, the restaurant La Carreta. And y like she was saying, when someone's from Miami, we take great pride. And I remember uh, at the time, Jackass was really popular. You know Manny Puig? This, like, he, I don't know if you were into Jackass, but I was. I was not. Okay, well, I was raised with boys and whatever. I like dumb shit. I like people that do dumb shit. So Jackass was my jam. Uh, there's a guy, Manny Puig, that they used to hang out with all the time. He's like an alligator wrangler. He lives out in the swamps in the Everglades in like a shack. And he actually almost hit my car at La Carreta on, on, eighth, um, on 88th once. Like I was pulling out, the one in Kendall, like 117th. And uh, Manny Puig almost hit me with his car. <laughs> Asshole. I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. Google Manny Puig, and I'm sure you've seen the guy before. I do love our like <laughs> random claims to fame, like saw Pitbull at 2006 championship, per not even parade, just gathering, uh, and then saw Manny Puig at same La Carreta. My mom did uh, see Pitbull at Merrick Park as she was leaving the valet, and she called me, because I had just pulled out also, 
freaking the fuck out to the point where I thought it was Rod Stewart or something, which yes, to me, Rod Stewart is a big deal. We'll talk about that another day. But the point is, she was like, ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, mom, what? Is it Rod Stewart? What is it? She's like, it's Pimple. I just saw Pimple. I was like, ain't no thing. He performed at my pep rally. Like, I was not that excited. Like, when people get excited about Pimple, I'm like, ain't no thing. I know him when he was in a jersey. <laughs> Been there, done that. Uh, going back to food for a second, what a jump. But you were talking about Cuban sandwiches and uh, Cuban coffee, and I'd be remiss not to mention my favorite, favorite food to come out of Miami, which is pastelitos. I, in fact, have made a shirt that says, we'll twerk for pastelitos. I consider pastelitos my daily fruit consumption because of the guava inside. So do you have a favorite Miami breakfast pastry? It's not a pastry. Or just item. Yes. Ham croquetas. Specifically from Isla Canaria. So if you want to throw oh some sponsorship cash. Yes. Those. Yes. Yes. Crockets. As I like to call them, crockets. Where do you like getting, <gasps> do you like pastelitos? Because you just kind of gave a face. No, no, no. Okay, look. I love pastelitos, but, and when I remember as a teenager living at my parents' house, my, my dad used to get them every weekend. And for some reason with, with pastelitos, I become a bottomless pit of despair. So I would, I would down like six. You know how you're like, I'm going to have a guava and cheese. I'm going to have a cheese. I have to have a meat one. If I have to eat one, like I'll eat the meat one because the guava cheese and cheese are just so damn sinfully full of sugar and badness that I... That I, that I figure like the meat ones are smaller and full of protein, which is, it's bullshit. I'm, I'm t full of shit because it's all terrible for you. The little caracoles, like they have the ones I, de coco. Yeah, like, like I like ones. all, I'm a sweets person. I like all pastries. Wait a minute. All of them. I'm gonna change your life. My local Publix has tequeños with guava inside and then ones with dulce de leche. I was beyond thrilled that this happened. I don't know if every one of them has it, but I know that my best friend, the cafeteria lady at my local Publix, <laughs> told me that the dulce de leche one is amazing, and I tried it, and it was life-affirming. Okay, can I just say, as a child, I don't know if you did this, but I remember my dad doing this specifically. The block, you can yes. buy the block of guava, cut it up with a slice of cream cheese on a fucking uh, Cuban cracker, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is what dreams are made of. And then in the morning, really quick, the other favorite thing when I got a little bit older was Cuban bread with garlic, real garlic, um, olive oil, and salt. I oh. never did that. But at night, my nighttime snack was Cuban bread with butter and a cafe con leche. So now in adulthood, when people are like, I, I can't have Cuban coffee at night, I can't go to bed. I'm like, this is mother's milk to me. This helps me sleep. We've talked about this, like, we, we record this at night, sorry. Spoiler alert, Lunchtime Rants is recorded at night. And I'll come by and I'll be like, yo, you want to make me some Cuban coffee? It's 9 o'clock at night. I don't care. I'm going to go sleep like a baby in two hours. I, I have, like, no... As a result of Cuban coffee, I think there's nothing except for maybe like speed pills that could actually give me some sort of 
oh, like energy. Yeah, yeah sort coffee. of caffeination rush. Like a Red Bull, I'm like, fuck that, bro. Yeah. Give me five of them and I don't care. I feel the same way. But another, I don't know why this was like a late night snack for me as well. Um, and it was like slices of mango from the mango tree in my backyard. Oh. <laughs> if you didn't have a fruit tree somewhere in or around your home, you're not living in, in Miami. So it's like aguacate, lime. Or if you don't know someone that's risked their life for the fruit next door. Yes. My, my brother used to climb the fence and steal the bananas from the neighbors. Motherfucker almost got shot. I'm not kidding. Like they came out one time with like a gun. So if you didn't have, either you had, my grandma had a naranja tree, which was the funk, because we would get like a broomstick without the, you know, <laughs> without the, the brush part, and we'd knock them down. We'd just beat them till they fell on the floor. Or you had a neighbor with a mango tree, and when mangoes are in season, don't buy it. If you ever come to Miami on vacation, don't ever buy them on the street, because if it's mango season, everyone you know has a surplus, and they bring them to work, and they're trying to fucking get rid of these mangoes. Yes. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned the, the thing about people dying. So at the house my mom lives in now, mind you, she herself has a mango tree, but the branch of the neighbor's mango tree also hangs over to the side of our house. And she, she's like, those mangoes are mine. They're falling in my backyard. So she's not risking her life. But even though, yes, there is a surplus, she has enough to go around. She still wants those other mangoes. We're a selfish people. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else I could say except that we are selfish people. I mean, I guess so. I guess so. Not that selfish. We try to be as, as welcoming as, as possible. But Look, we usually have an agenda. Oh, damn. You know we do. You know we do. Uh, I mean, just a quick note about how nice we are, how not nice we are, or our agenda, or what, I, what have you. Um, can we talk about the fact that when LeBron came, we all lost our marbles and, of course, went to La Carreta in front of Bird Road, um, or on Bird Road. And then he left, and of course, I mean, not myself personally, but everyone is like, boo this man. However, Drake embraced our fair city, condo up on Biscayne or whatever the fuck, and now he completely has deserted us and is now talking about Toronto, which is his hometown, and no one fucking hates on Drake. No one's like, be gone, Drake. Because Drake didn't play for a sports team. Drake didn't take us to a champion and then championship and then leave. Two. I, two, two. two. I'm not, grateful, motherfucker. I'm actually not, I was not upset when he left LeBron. Because I was like, all right, cool. Like, you gave them two championships. You're going home. I was actually more surprised that he made the decision to go home after how terribly they treated him when he left. Right. And actually, he gave us two national championships. And technically, he gave us a championship every single year he played here because we always won the Eastern Conference finals. Ch not championships, technically. What have you. Um, but yes, sorry, that point about Drake just really bothers me because I was such a fan and always so proud that he was so like inclusive of Miami and his music and Miami women and this and that. Yeah, he has a song that he says, um, by the end of the year, I'll do King of Diamonds three more times. I should mention at this point in the podcast, I love King of Diamonds. I, every single Friday or Saturday night, I will suggest King of Diamonds as the end destination. One time, a friend actually took me up on that, and we went to King of Diamonds, then went to Denny's, and it was the most delightful evening because those bitches do tricks. They get off the pole once they get to the top, 
and swing from their legs. They peep up on a handstand. Kind of, that's most strip clubs, unless, no. it's, unless it's bottoms up. <laughs> I have been to Tootsies, and they do tricks, but they do not do these tricks. It is an adult Cirque du Soleil. These women should really audition for the circus. They are magical. They're I know. unicorns. I, I feel that way about, this is a, I can't believe now we're talking about strippers. I've been to I BTs, can. and... To be honest with you, when I see the girls and the things that they can do with their bodies, I think to myself, either A, they were former gymnasts, B, they were former dancers, and C, like, what happened in your life to lead you this way? Like, if I could do the things that they do with their bodies, I would be playing, like, a professional sport or going to the Olympics. I wouldn't be fucking taking my clothes off and stripping and smelling like, we know what it smells like. If I had bigger boobs, I think I should have been a stripper because you know how much money those women make? Oh, you don't have to have bigger boobs. Honestly, I went one time, I, I almost called like like a ch whatever child labor, of someone, children and families, because there was a girl that I shit you not look like. Do you watch American Horror Story? I do. <laughs> she looked like a slightly taller Moppetee. Like she was this tiny, tiny Indian girl flat-chested, flat-chested like like a nine-year-old boy flat-chested. I mean, it was shocking to see her naked. It, it looked like a small little girl, and I swear to God, I almost called Child Protective Services. I was like, this girl is not over 18. There's no way. And it wasn't Madonna's where all that fucking kid trafficking happened. It was, yeah, I said it, and I didn't say allegedly either. I said it. Um, <laughs> See, that's another reason to like King of Diamonds. They're not shady at all. Like, Wonderland just got shut down briefly for racketeering, whatever the fuck that means. I don't know. I just learned it in The Sopranos. In any case, I love that place. Drake used to always mention it in his music, and now he just has abandoned us, like LeBron, whatevs. I'm bitter. I'm not sad about it at all. I don't feel the same way about any of these people. I will say though that we have, we've reached the end of our podcast and I think ending on strippers and scandal and Drake is a perfect way to, uh, to come out of this. So I just wanna say a quick temporary goodbye to everybody because I will be gone for two weeks uh, on my honeymoon in badass New Zealand, woot woot, Kiwis all day. Uh, we will potentially have shorter versions of the podcast in the next two weeks, maybe, if Lourdes can figure out the equipment. <laughs> that, so that's the problem. Um, we're both pretty technologically unsavvy, but the most technologically savvy of the, of the two of us is Carmen. And I don't even know if I have the software to be able to continue <laughs> the podcast. So let's just say that we're going on a brief two-week hiatus. And if you do hear a new episode in these next two weeks, it'll be a lovely, lovely surprise. Uh, but I think that's it for us this evening. As Carmen mentioned before, we do record this at night because unfortunately we don't have lunch together like we used to. Wah, wah. Anyway, thanks guys. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye.